The season of Advent challenges us to focus on the coming of the Lord, which can seem like something in the distant future. But this week, we see that the call from Isaiah and the call of John the Baptist is the call of Advent. It's a call from the past, present, and future. It's a call to change. It's a call to a true conversion of the heart. And it's a call for all of us to prepare ourselves and then wait patiently, but confidently, for the coming of the Lord. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the second Sunday in Advent, Cycle B of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. So as I said, our scripture readings tonight are from the second Sunday in Advent, cycle B of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. Our first reading is from Isaiah. It's chapter 40, verses 1 through 5, and verses 9 through 11. Our second reading is from St. Paul's second letter to uh, Peter. Um, the, yeah, it's chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. And finally, our gospel reading is from Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. So just some things to note. Uh, readings, the readings tonight are from both Testaments, both the Hebrew Scriptures or the Old Testament and the Christian Scripture, the New Testament. In Isaiah, well, Isaiah foreshadows the gospel tonight. St. Paul says to be patient, and uh, in the gospel, some crazy dude draws a crowd. So with that, let's get going. So our first reading is from the prophet Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Our second reading is from the second letter to Peter, 
chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are all looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And finally, our gospel reading tonight is from Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, you will prepare your, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. All right, well, let's take a first glance at these readings and ask ourselves, what does it mean? What does all this stuff mean to us? So taking a, a look at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5 and 9 through 11, um, on the one hand, it really feels like an old-time uh, old time movie with someone hawking newspapers on the corner, you know, extra, extra, read all about it. Right? it it's, it's really sort of, it seems like over the top. And he's encouraging people to spread the news, to, to go to the mountain, to go to Zion, to tell Jerusalem what's going on. Um, so it's it's got kind of a kind of a, an over-the-top exciting exciting feel to it. But Isaiah is is really speaking about um, a new beginning after a time of hardship. Uh, Israel had been going through some really tough times, and he was saying that the hardship, the the Babylonian exile is is over or almost over and um, we need to prepare the way for the coming of the lord something new 
that's an appropriate reading for Advent because Advent is is about um, something that's coming. It's getting ready for something that's coming. So it's really reminiscent of what we heard in the gospel. In fact, that's really where the references came from. So what, what uh, Mark is talking about in the beginning, he basically quotes from Isaiah. And the people at the time were familiar with the Hebrew scriptures, so they would know this. Um, so so the, the gospel, it, it's hard to get past the linkages between the first reading and the gospel because I know what's coming. And this idea of the voice crying in the wilderness and telling us to prepare the way uh, for the Lord, uh, making straight paths for the Lord. But it is interesting if you look a little closer at Isaiah's reading, some contrasting images, which are very common, seem to be very common, especially in Isaiah. But the ruling with a mighty arm, that's, that's one of the images. He's talking about the Lord ruling with a mighty arm. But then in the, the very next um, phrase, he talks about God holding lambs close to his heart and gently leading those who have young ones. So the imagery of, is of this, this powerful Lord, this powerful God, but who is also uh, very caring and very, very comforting and will take care of his people. For the Israelites at the time, that was an important message. It said they had gone through the Babylonian exile and this was, this was near the end or, or as the exile was ending and they were coming out of it. So they really needed uh, something uplifting, something to look forward to. And looking forward to the coming of the Lord is what Isaiah was encouraging them to do. But the main message that I got from this reading from Isaiah was that something new and wonderful is coming. So we need to prepare the way. Isaiah didn't just say, um, it's coming, something great's coming. He said, something great is coming, so we have work to do. We have to, the, the valleys will be raised, the hills will be lowered, everything will be flattened, the roads will be straight. There's a lot of work to do. But something new and wonderful is coming. So let's prepare the way. Our, our letter from St. Paul, uh, it is interesting. He's not talking about the incarnation. Uh, the birth of Christ. He's talking about what will happen when Christ comes again. And when he wrote this letter, Christ had already had already suffered, died, and rose again. And these new Christians, these early Christians, these first followers of Christ, they were expecting the second coming any day now. They were expecting Christ to come back, the Lord to come back. Um, we know now that that didn't happen, but that's what they were waiting for. So this idea of um, with God, uh, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. And the idea is God's time is not our time. Um, but it's interesting that during Advent, when we're looking, we generally are looking at the incarnation and the birth of Christ, the, the, the coming of our Savior, um, the church is actually looking at the end times. And for centuries, the church has focused on the end times, the second advent of Christ, during the first half of every season of Advent, the season of Advent every year. On the surface, this sort of seems like a bleak message when you're talking about the, the end times. If you look at 
what he was talking about. Um, uh, destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. And you can look at that and go, okay, well, that's kind of dark. Is that really what we should be reading as we're preparing for the incarnation, the the birth of a, of a child, of, of the infant Lord? Uh, but he's also talking about the, uh, th that this is all in keeping with the promise that we're looking, we're actually looking forward to this. As Christians, we're looking forward to the end of this stuff that we know because we believe in the promise of a new heaven and a new earth. So this message really isn't intended to be bleak. It's intended to say, this is coming. It will come. It will come in, in God's time. Not ours, not when we want it, but when God wants it to happen. And this is a good thing. This is what we look forward to as followers of Christ. We don't fear the second coming. We long for it. And it's going to come in God's time, not our time. So we really have no idea when the end will come. So live a godly life, right? Prepare yourselves. The main message I got from St. Paul's letter was, we don't know when Christ will come again. So we just need to be prepared. You know what? It's a common theme. It was one of the main themes from last weekend's readings that we went over. Uh, but it's, a, it's an important theme, and it's one that bears repeating. We don't know when Christ will come again. So we just need to be prepared, and it will happen in God's time. All right, so we'll take a first glance at our gospel reading from Mark. It's the very beginning of Mark's gospel. Um, obviously, it opens with the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Obviously, parts of what we heard then in Isaiah, we hear again in the gospel, because Mark draws heavily on Isaiah. And we know now, in looking back, that some of the things that Isaiah was talking about and was, um, was saying would happen, it was foreshadowing Jesus and what would happen with Jesus. I, I wonder, as I read this, I wondered if people at the time would make that connection. Would, would they understand? And not, I don't mean um, necessarily the, the, the people who are reading Mark's gospel, because he was, these stories were already being told, Christians were already being taught this. But did the people at the time, when John the Baptist appeared, did they think to themselves, hey, I read about this guy in Isaiah. This is what Isaiah was talking about. I don't know if they did or not. But it, it's interesting to think, did they make that connection or maybe intuitively make that connection? Because how in the world did he draw so many people out into the desert, out to the Jordan River, people going out to be baptized by this crazy guy? He's, John the Baptist is out there. He he's, has basically no belongings. He's dressed in clothes, clothing that's made from camel's hair. Uh, he's got a leather belt and he's eating bugs. And, and wild honey. That's what he's surviving on. Um, that, I, I have a hard time believing that was considered normal at the time. and certainly not considered normal now. But something was drawing people to him. The Holy Spirit was, was had to be involved. But it, it's interesting to think what, what was going on that drew those people. Um, you know, what were they thinking when they went out there? Uh, we know who John was talking about. I, when he said that, when he's talking about one who's going to come after me. Um, but did they? 
and even if the the people i guess even if they didn't realize what they were doing if they didn't fully comprehend everything and see how it all fit together into god's plan by confessing and repenting their sins they were preparing themselves for the coming of the lord just as john was doing his part to fulfill what the prophet isaiah had foretold so everybody was sort of inspired and playing their role the main message i got from mark's gospel is that we are called to true conversion just like the people that went out to be baptized to confess their sins to repent and be baptized by john we are called to a true conversion and then to wait patiently for the coming of the lord we're called to prepare ourselves and then be ready. And I think that's the most difficult part sometimes is that, that patient waiting. So let's sum it up so far. So from the, re the reading from the prophet Isaiah, the main message I came away with was something new and wonderful is coming. So we need to prepare the way, prepare the way for the Lord, something new and wonderful. And from our second reading, uh, second letter to Peter, we don't know when Christ will come again. So we just need to be prepared. Right? These two messages of, of preparation, of getting ready. And finally, from our gospel reading, the main message I got was, we're called to a true conversion, and then to wait patiently for the coming of the Lord. So the preparation that we're making is really an internal preparation. It's a preparation of ourselves. And then we are ready to wait and God will come in God's time. The call from Isaiah and the call from uh, John the Baptist is a call, it's the call of Advent. It's a call to change. It's a call to a true conversion of the heart, and it's a call for all of us to prepare ourselves and then wait patiently, but confidently, for the coming of the Lord. All right, so... Let's take a second glance and ask ourselves if our path has become any clearer. I like to try to answer two questions. And the first question is, so what? Why, why, why should this matter? Why should we care? Well, we've got a problem right now. We have, we have a culture of instant gratification. Um, we want stuff right now. And we don't want to wait. We are, and we are getting terrible at long-term planning. Um, even, even if you look at businesses and that's so often in our society, these successful businesses are, they're held up as some great example of what to do and how to be even businesses. They are so focused on the, the next quarter's earnings and our profit from last quarter and next quarter. And they're getting worse and worse at long-term planning because it is all about today and tomorrow. It's all this short-term thinking and this instant gratification, and we're losing sight of the long-term and the goals that we should have that are out there, that aren't today or tomorrow, goals that we have to patiently wait for. I remember back when overnight delivery first became a thing, you know, when it absolutely has to be there overnight or whatever the catchphrase was. Overnight delivery used to seem amazing. Now we just sort of expect it. I expect everything to, to arrive in a day or two. But now they've got same-day delivery. I can order stuff and have it here the same day. Salvation doesn't work like that. 
our minds are thinking like that now. I think in our society, we are so focused on this instant gratification. If I decide I want something, I'll have it today or tomorrow. And if we think that salvation is going to work like that, we've got another thing coming. Salvation doesn't work like that. And, and preparing ourselves for Jesus, when Jesus uh, does come again, we don't know when that time is. It might be today or tomorrow, but it could be a long time from now. It could be beyond the end of my life here on earth. That's, that's really long-term thinking, but that's what we're called to do. It's important for us to understand that because we are so short-term now in our thinking in this, in this mode of instant gratification that I, I really believe a lot of people just sort of assume that, well, I still have time because I'll just very quickly get ready. <laughs> and it's not going to work like that. All right, so now what? Okay, so that's the so what, now what? Well, what do we do? Well, the season of Advent, it challenges us to focus on the coming of the Lord, which, like I said, can, can seem like something way off, distant, in the future. So it's, it's really not easy for us to do. So sometimes, as far as I'm concerned, we need a little inspiration. We can't be doom and gloom and bleak about this. Advent really is a time for, yeah, a time for preparation, but also a time for celebration. And we need some inspiration. And we can do that, uh, you know, uh, enjoy, enjoy that inspiration with family or friends. That's Sometimes that's exactly what we need to hear, is that little bit of inspiration. Um, yes, we need to do some internal housekeeping. We also need to raise our spirits <clears throat> and get ready to celebrate the Incarnation at Christmas. It's a wonderful time. It is a thing that we should be celebrating. So, with that in mind, let's, let's make our challenge this week a little bit easier. Let's watch an inspirational movie with someone you know and trust. <clears throat> that's, that's an easy challenge. It should be. But it's something that we need. Because as much as I like, I might like to sit here and preach about the importance of, of patiently waiting, I know it's difficult. And I know there are times where, especially given what's going on in the world today, it's very easy to get down and get depressed and just to say, ah, oh, to heck with it. We can't do that. So sometimes we just need some good old-fashioned inspiration. But do it together. Do it with a, with a friend or with, with family. It's a great time of year. And there's all kinds of feel-good, inspirational movies out there to choose from. So choose one. Just do it. All right. I'd like to wrap up with um, just a, a quick scripture from St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians from chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And at a time when we really need to support each other and encourage each other and find some inspiration so that we can prepare ourselves and prepare the way and, and patiently wait, but confidently wait, wait in a joyful way, um, this is something that we can look back and say, wow, the early Christians, they understood it too. St. Paul was telling them, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. 
they were encouraging each other. They were helping each other. They were inspiring each other. And he was telling them, keep it up, keep doing it. You and I have to try to do that as well. All right. We have come to the end of our time here together. Uh, thank you again for joining me this evening. I'll be back again next week. Uh, but in the meantime, I really do encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with a Bible on your own. Look at the readings we discussed tonight or find something completely different. It doesn't matter. Read through it a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. I also encourage you to check out my websites, brandonjubar.com and keepingitreal.club, where you can find scripture reflections and other musings of mine. Uh, and if you ever need info on upcoming webinars, just pop on over to brandonjubar.com webinar to find out what I've got in the works. Uh, thanks again for joining me for this Real Word webinar as we did a deeper dive into the readings for the second Sunday in Advent, cycle B of the Roman Catholic lectionary. Remember that during Advent, we're called to change, to have a true conversion of the heart. So let's prepare ourselves and then wait patiently, but confidently for the coming of the Lord. Thanks and have a truly blessed week. Bye-bye. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.